It'll be a three-man rush, eight in coverage, three in the end zone. Dalton heaves it down the right side toward the end zone. It is knocked up in the air. Oh, A.J. Green oh, makes the catch. Oh, 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 man. A deflected oh, ball winds oh, up in the hands God. of A.J. Green. The clock hits zero. Oh, 23-year-old Tony Pike waits for the snap. Has the football. Short drop. Lobs one down the sideline for Bins. He's got it. Touchdown. 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 And a high fly ball way back in center field. It is out right here. A grand slam home run for Joey Votto. And this one belongs to the Reds. Did your shirt on? And last I checked, I did. Yes, why? Now a steal by Gary Clark and a breakaway to the rim for a thunderous tomahawk jam. Get you one, big fella. Then a strike for Bertoni, and the magical moment belongs to Leonardo Bertoni. He opens the FC Cincinnati account with a goal in the 14th minute. Double dip on the ice cream cone. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to a throwback Thursday version of Pardon the Punctuation. Uh, we thought we'd do a throwback Thursday of our very first interview. Uh, the very first interview we did with, or that we've ever done, uh, with Lindsey Patterson of FC Cincinnati and the Bengals. Um, some of the stuff in the interview might be a little bit outdated. Uh, it's only about a year ago, but a lot of it's still good information about how she got into sideline reporting and what she enjoys about or what she enjoys about her job. Go ahead and check it out, and we will talk to you soon. So tonight we have a special guest with us. We have Lindsay Patterson, who is of the Cincinnati Enquirer. Um, she does a show Beyond the Stripes during Bengal season, and she is also a sideline reporter for your FCC soccer team. So, Lindsay, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Very good. Um, so you are from the small town of Sabina, correct? Yeah, you said it right. And people struggle with that one. But yeah, <laughs> it's a really small town. We have about two stoplights there. Oh my gosh. Um, so Cincinnati is kind of a world of, of difference there. Oh, so, for sure. <laughs> so how did this small town girl fall in love with, with sports? Okay, well, it kind of goes back to being 11. Um, my family, they've had season tickets to the Cincinnati Bengals game since before I was born. My dad was in high school. Um, they still have them, actually. And um, in the 2000s, when the Bengals weren't really that great, um, nobody wanted to go to the game with my dad. My, I have two older brothers, and everyone's like, I don't want to go and sit and, and, and watch them lose on a Sunday. So my dad's like, hi, do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll go. I mean, I, I grew up going to my dad's football practices and kind of just playing around with the guys. Um, but I'd never really had a huge interest into the NFL, and I was 11 at the time. And I went, and I had absolutely just this amazing time and I remember telling my dad that day because it was just our day together and we were walking out of the stadium and I was like I want to work in sports one day and I always would tell people that growing up um, junior high career day high school I'm like I want to be a sideline reporter Um, I would watch Aaron Andrews Sam Ryan Bonnie Bernstein were some of the sideline reporters in the NFL when I was a kid and just watching them and, and realizing, like, they have the coolest job ever. Every day is different. It can be so crazy. 
And I would just tell people um, that that's what I'm going to do. Being from a really small town, I had no clue what route or how I was going to take it or, or get to where I wanted to be. Sure. Um, I just I just knew I was going to have to work a little bit. It was going to be some hard work, and, and it's always going to be that way. Um, it's never been about, I think maybe some people uh, think, oh, they, they people want to do TV for just to be on TV or, or, or money or anything like that. Uh, nope, not at all. Half of the time my camera guy is telling me to fix my hair because it's probably a mess sometimes. Um, I'm too busy, like, thinking about my hit, and he's like, okay, Lindsay, you might want to brush your hair a little bit, maybe, you know. So it's really kind of funny with all that stuff. Um, it's the last thing I really pay attention to, which I probably should pay a little more attention to. Um, so, yeah, kind of going back to that, I was just uh, it sounds so corny and cheesy, but just that, like, small-town girl with this crazy dream. And, um, you know, still so, feel like I have some work to do on my side. But, uh, yeah, so did they that's win that story. day and that's why you fell in love or? Yeah. You know, I, I always, um, I always go back to that game. I remember everything about it and just going that day and being like, I'm hooked. I, I like, I like sports. I want to do this for a living. I want every day to be like this. And I never had another option. And it was funny because when I was taking my major, um, it was broadcast journalism and I remember telling my mom, I was like, look, I'm going to be a broadcast major. And she was like, that's great. We support you, you know, whatever you would like to do. But she said, have you ever had just kind of like a maybe backup? Not that she didn't believe in me. She's been my number one fan since day one, her and my dad. Um, but they both, you know, were just kind of like, okay, you know, maybe we're hoping that works out for you. We have no doubt that you can't, <laughs> you know, work hard to get there. But just kind of thinking of maybe like this back and I never had one at all I had no clue there was no other career I wanted to do um so uh, that's probably risky and I guess I don't really recommend that you probably don't want to go that <laughs> route um but I've kind of always just been there and that, that's how I've how I've always lived and I've never really looked back on changing that I guess <laughs> following dreams I mean exactly. that's what we're doing right now so <laughs> yeah you should and while you were doing your, your major, you started interning with Mo. Is that correct? Yeah. When I was a senior, and I tell kids all the time, kids, because I feel old now, um, <laughs> I tell college students all the time that um, one of the most important things, and I wish somebody would have told me this, and I've asked people for a lot of advice, and they've been super helpful, and that's awesome about this business, but when it comes to college, it's just the internship that I feel like is so important. And yeah, you learn stuff in the classroom, but with broadcasting and communications and, and some majors, I just feel like you, you learn more on the job. Exactly. So my senior year, um, I noticed that we had this internship at a radio station in Cincinnati. One of the other girls I went to school with went there and did the internship and she loved it. So I was like, okay. So I applied for the internship and I got it. And it was promotion. And promotions is like when you go to events and you're helping like the talent and stuff like that. And just it was fun. It was different. It was really cool to kind of get your foot in the door for that. Um, but my internship was over after the first semester. And I remember going in and sitting on the sports side of the shows. And um, one of the guys there was Mo and Lance. And they're like, well, do you have an interest in kind of being my intern? And I was like, of course, I want to come back. <laughs> so um decided to stay at my internship for a year. Um, and I got more credits for it, but this is why I recommend it. I started at my senior year. I think people should start their junior year, maybe even sophomore summer before you go into your junior year of college. Interning is so, so important. Even if you don't get a college credit, just doing it is so, 
it's just so helpful. And the connections that you make, it, it just helps in that broadcasting business. So, yeah, absolutely. yeah I, um, I ended up working there for a year and I graduated that May and they offered me a part-time producing job um, the like two weeks before I graduated and I was like yeah totally I want to be a producer and I was like you're going to be my producer so um, I did that and obviously radio you know and part-time I was going to have to work a couple other jobs that wasn't going to really cut <laughs> it um, just coming out of college so I ended up um, I knew I wanted to do TV, so I applied for a production assistant, morning assistant job for Channel 12 in Cincinnati. Ended up working there for two and a half years in the mornings, getting there about 2 a.m. and doing that about four to five days a week and staying until 10 a.m. And then going from there straight to the radio station. Um, I didn't have to be at the radio station until like maybe noon, but I would just go straight there and then just kind of come up with ideas for the radio show. Um, and then I would leave radio at seven and then I would go to bed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so it was kind of insane. I did that for a while. Um, I was the radio producer for four years and I worked in television for production assistant for two and a half years. And then during football season, um, I needed to figure out how to get on the sidelines (laughs) and sorry, I'm a rambler. guys. And I I just talk and talk and talk. Um, (laughs) and then, uh, one of the guys that I worked with behind camera, was like, hey, I'm shooting um, Friday Night Football for um, Time Warner Sports. And I was like, that's so cool. He's like, we need sideline reporters. And I was like, well, I want to do it. Can you give me the contact's name? So he gave me the contact's name, and um, I emailed him. like, look, I've never done sideline reporting, but I want to do it. I said, I- I've gone to locker rooms, you know, the NFL locker room, and I've interviewed players on radio. Um, I've talked to people on the phone but I've never done a stand-up sideline reporting job, and that's what I want to do. And he's like, okay, well, what we can do here, we need some kind of tape from you. We can, um, can you just edit all your interviews and send them to me so I can just at least hear how you interview people. And I was like, yeah. So I put that together, and I gave that to them. It was probably about two or three minutes of stuff, just interviews cut up from going down the locker room or just talking to people on the phone via radio stuff. Um, And he's like, okay, well, we'll give it a shot. Um, so I did that for four years, um, on Friday nights in the fall, Cincinnati football. It was a lot of fun. High school football. I think sometimes, of course, the D1 stuff, Xavier or St. X and Moeller and all that was a lot of fun. But, um, the crew I worked with was just really, it just made my Friday night so much fun. Even though it was long, some days I'd get to work at 2 a.m., leave radio, go straight to football. Um, so it was kind of an insane schedule. So you just didn't um, sleep. Like and ever. then with, with all of that, I would just, um, every year I always promised myself, I was like, add something new. How can you add something new? What can you do? And, um, I added an arena host to Xavier basketball games. Um, just anything that I could possibly think of. And then to not make this super, super long answer. Um, but I remember <laughs> Joe Reedy who used to write for or cover the Bengals. Um, he's like, hey, this is when digital shows were kind of com- becoming a thing. Right. Um, this goes back to like 2013. And he's like, we're putting together a, we want to do a Bengal show, something about the players, um, a little different than what everybody else is doing. And he's like, do you want to be a part of it? I was like, sure. So I met with the Enquirer at a coffee shop downtown. And uh, then with them, we're going into year six of Beyond the Stripes, which is insane and crazy to think about um, that it has worked out. I, I hope it has worked out. They keep bringing us back, so maybe. Um, but that's always been a lot of fun. So 
it's been a crazy um it's been a crazy ride since college um busy uh, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I kind of like that good overwhelming feeling, if that makes sense, where you're just super busy with a lot of different projects sure. um, yeah, that sometimes exactly. you just can't even, I don't even know, concentrate because <laughs> there's so much going on. But I like that. So hopefully that I answered your question. I know that was super <laughs> long. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, so now what is it like being one of the few female voices? The only other name that I can come up with is Elise Jesse, right off the top of my head. Um, you know, we also have uh, Kimmy Durkin kind of a little bit with her dad being involved with the Cincinnati Royals and then um, Trisha Mackey a little bit. Um, but generally speaking, we we don't have a whole lot of female voices in a predominantly male-driven uh, side of with, with sports. Um, so w- what's that like for you? You know, I, I guess I didn't really think about it, um, to tell you the truth, because I feel like there is a lot of talented people um, in Cincinnati, and it could be from the sports side, um, guys or girls, to the new side. Um, I just, I guess I never really think of it that way. Um, but now, now I'm terrible at answering this question because I'm <laughs> never really, you know, I don't, I'm not that impressed with what what I've done um, or myself, I guess. But um, it's been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of support from the male and female side, so it's pretty cool, I guess. Very cool. So the Beyond the Stripes show, um, how is that going? Do you have any any new content for this year? Anything that you guys are excited to 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 start on or anything like that? Player interviews or anything like that? Um, we normally start to break all that down, and we'll sit down late um, July. We usually have a show right before training camp, and then during the season, once a week each player. Um, the goal is to always kind of change it up. We kind of did that this year. Uh, one of my favorite things, and that actually does not involve me at all, um, it's part of the show where Doc um, sits down with the player, and it's more of an in-depth conversation. Um, it can be serious at times and funny. We like our show to be funny and different. We want sure. the players to like to come on. My, my favorite thing about our show is when I go to the locker room and I ask the players to come on, they're always like, yeah, totally, I'll come on. I have so much fun. I want them to think that way every time we talk about Beyond the Stripes. I want them to be like, no, this isn't a drag. I don't want to do this on my off night because we do it on Tuesday nights, and that's their off day. Right. Um, so that's what I really like about it, that they enjoy it. But um, we'll start to come up with some different content or how we want to do the show this year coming up in about a couple weeks. So it'll be interesting, so stay tuned. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back for your six. Yeah, well, I mean – bringing it making it fun and it, it kind of brings out their personality and their and not just the football side or the business side but their their actual personality and i think that kind of shows especially when you had uh andy dalton versus uh, chris mack and the basketball shootout what's uh what's funny about that is um we had that the first year for papa shot because andy said he likes papa shot chris mack is a huge bengals fan and um, going into the next year, Xavier reached out to me and was like, hey, Chris Mack had a really good time on your show. Let me know if you ever have Andy on again. Would love to have him back on the show. And, and just to hear him say that he, he liked it and exactly. he wanted to come back on and he made time in his schedule because they were starting practices and, you know, getting into the basketball season. So that was really cool. Um, but, yeah, we like to have a little fun with the guys. What That's one thing. I mean, you can talk about X's and O's all day, but right. – you know what they want to talk about is what they have going on and i find that more interesting than anything yeah absolutely absolutely now one of the moves that we're most excited about is the addition of preston brown and reason being is he actually went to our high school uh he's the northwest high school alumni (laughs) 
So I don't know if you know anything about him or not at this point, um, how much research you've done on him. But, yeah, that's that's one of the guys that we're most excited about here on our end. What I like about Preston Brown is he's a good talker, and that is so selfish. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> he's, a guy, he's a guy who you can talk to and get an interview out of. And, and he's super excited to be here, and I get it. He's, he's coming home sure. yes, exactly. um, for, for the Bengals. And, and one thing that he's going to have to do is obviously step up with Montez Perfect's suspension early in the season. So I think he's going to be a good locker room guy. And, again, it's so cliche when you, you praise a guy who's coming in. Um, but they do. They need his help there. So I'll be interested to see how he does this season. But anytime I've had any encounter with him for voluntary workouts, um, he's been awesome. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. And obviously you guys will be cheering for him too. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Good to hear that he's uh, making a good name for himself already here in Cincinnati. Kind of switching gears, though, you're also a sideline reporter for FCC. Um, now, have you been with them as a sideline reporter since the inception of – um, the club? Yeah, since day one. That's awesome. Feels like forever ago now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you still getting that same rush every time you step on the field? Yeah, you know, I always get butterflies before FC matches, and it's crazy because we have 20-plus matches a year, and I still feel like the season flies by, and I want it to slow down, and it already feels like that right now. Um, but I, I think I was talking to a former sideline reporter or a sideline reporter or a broadcaster, and she told me, she was like, the day you stop getting that exciting feeling in the butterflies, then that's, that's not what you want. You, you want to feel that. Like, you want to be super excited to go out there and be like, okay, I have this huge rush. Um, and it's funny because I'll have it before the match, and I always have it after the match because I always call my mom when I leave nippers <laughs> as I'm walking back to my car, and I'm like, that was so much fun. You know, they've had a lot of success, so it's been a good time. Um, but, yeah, I, I do. I get that rush when I go to FC matches. I mean, the crowd is just, insane and it's really fun to feed off of that so i do thank the crowd a lot but the organization has just been it's been fun to work for them since day one so what's it been like to watch this team go from day one usl entry level to now accepting an msl bid i said it the night of the uh, major league soccer announcement when we were sitting there at ryan geist and it was the first thought that i had and actually that morning because we did a lot of looking back because it was a pretty special day in cincinnati yeah absolutely but i i just said to pretty much our broadcast team and the people we were with i was like look they've felt major league since day one i'm not surprised by this announcement they belong here they just do it, it's always felt that way and, and that's credit to jeff burning carl lidner like all everybody involved from you know production side organization the club the coaches everyone's just so professional that I just I always felt that they I had no doubt that, that they were going to get there one day yeah they give um, off it was an persona. exciting yeah it was an exciting day it really was looking back on that but but they've they've always belonged I really felt that way so are you like really excited to see the club be able to continue on in Nippert for another year before graduating on to their next uh, stadium. Yeah, you know, on Friday we'll get to hear a little more about the stadium um, as they release some more information. So that's going to be a lot of fun to see what that's going to look like. It'll be cool to see that first match at Nippert next year. Um, it's crazy to think that March 2019 is not that far away. Um, it's not, they'll be not kicking off again. Um, but yeah, no, Nippert will be fun to watch. But I'm also pumped to see what that stadium is going to look like when it's finished. So kind of more on the stadium, what are your thoughts on the stadium placement and how negotiations went down uh, with the city and everything? I mean, major credit to Jeff Burning and, of course, the city of Cincinnati. That guy, he 
He was working, you know. He where he worked really hard to he get that done. Hard, yeah. So uh, he, he did uh, like night and day that he was working to get it done. And that's what I said the night of the announcement. I said we are so lucky. The city of Cincinnati is so lucky to have Jeff Birding because we're getting another pr- professional team, exactly. major league team in this city for the hard work that he put in, and of course the front office and the organization and and the city of Cincinnati for working that. Out. I love the location. I was actually on a rooftop um, viewing the city this past Sunday and I was showing people like that's where the stadium's going that's so cool you can see it from here so I think the location is perfect um it's going to be great everything around it uh, I I love the idea of it going there um and yesterday they're announcing where they're going to have their training facility in Milford and the pictures coming from that I'm like this is cool This, 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 this club is ready yeah this club is definitely ready to go so I think it's going to be really well done when it comes when it when it's all finished. Yeah, I live in Milford, so I'm, when I heard that news coming out and and just being, I'm going to be able to drive past it every day in my way to work. That's going to be pretty yeah. cool. And then the, you know, the if we get the the uh, the U.S. Cup here and and having those other teams from other countries come in and and practicing there, that's it's going to be crazy just to think about that. Yeah, you know, that's crazy to think about. But another cool thing about the training facility, the youth program that yes. FC Cincinnati is going to allow right. to use it, it's fantastic. I mean, you've got to start from the bottom and, and those youth programs getting the chance to go. I mean, just imagine those kids being like, I'm training here. Like, exactly. this is pretty cool. The major league team tra- trains here. So I think that allowing them to do that is going to be really great for the it's, youth programs too. It is, yeah, absolutely. Now, you recently pointed out that Coach actually uh, allows you to – ask him questions during play. Um, is that commonplace for the USL or is that just something that you get to do or, uh, you know, I'm not sure how the USL, um, how other sideline reporters have access when it comes to the USL. I'm very lucky to have Alan Koch as the coach. Um, I tell people that all the time. He's very resourceful and he helps us whenever we need it. Uh, but one of the things that actually took that from Julie Stewart Banks, um, she was in town last year for the Chicago Fire match when ESPN covered the game in the Open Cup. And I was just like watching her because I did the, the radio broadcast. They did the TV one and I watched her and I was like, wow, she's like talking to Alan the whole time during this match. And she'll go away and report. But like I would just notice her just having conversations with him. So I remember Alan bringing it up. Like, if you ever need anything during match, just let me know. And this past off season, I was kind of a nerd. Um, and I reached out to Jenny Taft and Katie Witham, um, both MLS, and Jenny does more of the U.S. Um, soccer stuff, too, and she's actually at the World Cup right now. And then I also talked to Julie, and I was like, hey, Julie, I just kind of want to get some information from you, FC. You know, I want to I do a good job going into this year. What, what can I do? How can I make the broadcast better? Because you always want to get better, and, and how can you add to it? And she's like, well, you know what? You have a coach who allows that access. Talk to him. Just have conversations with him. Um, find out why he did that. Talk about why they changed that. You see him talking to an assistant. Why are they Why are they changing things up out there? What did they do? Um, so and so looks a little tired. Was he talking to them? Are they bringing in a sub? He went down to the end of the bench. Who was he talking to? Bring information that nobody's going to get on Twitter, and that's the whole reason you're a sideline yes. reporter. What can you bring that someone can't just pull off the internet? So what I've stopped doing is I would have, and I have them in my back pocket just in case I would ever, ever need them, but I don't bring as much, like, story prep. I just allow the second half to be a blank sheet because that's going to take more effort from me. How can I bring more to this broadcast? So I'm going to have to talk to Alan. 
Alan's going to have to tell me something. Not that he has to, but <laughs> I'm going to get something out of him that I can tell the guys upstairs. And that's my whole goal is like, what can I do to bring them information that they're not getting anywhere else? Because that's why I'm down there. I'm down there for a reason. Now tell them something they don't know. And, and, and he allows me also to be in the locker room, dressing room at halftime. So I talk to him before he goes in and he gives me a great answer as always. And then I allow, he allows me to go into the dressing room. I stand over to the far side and I listen to what he really tells the team each individual player. I write it all down, and I come out of the dressing room, and I said, yes, I just left. This is what he said. He told Richie Ryan, you got to play a little tight. Jimmy, you know, leave some space. And, and just kind of adding more detail to what he really told them. Nobody else is going to have that. So sure. getting that access has been really helpful, but yeah. also credit to Alan Koch because he doesn't have to allow me to do that, and he right. does, and he helps us. So it's really helpful for me. That's really awesome. Now, are you going to be moving up with the team to the MLS level? We'll all be finding that out soon. Very good. <laughs> so stay tuned. Well, we hope so. <laughs> so um, Yeah, no, same. Just kind of piggybacking off our last question, is that something that the MLS allows then at their level? Um, I know you mentioned Julie doing that at the uh, the U.S. Cup, but is that something just when they're doing regular match play um, that they allow there at the, at the uh, MS, MLS level? Well, Julie told me she did it the whole time when she was at Major League Soccer. She feels like she's, she's like I kind of just did it on my own, and and I and you know if the co- if the coach allow it's honestly the coach's preference. Sure. Um, I think the coach has to want to chat with you during that time, and of, co- of course you don't do it, you know, and in, in intense times, maybe when they're doing a corner kick or something crazy is happening, you kind of back away and let them do what they need to do and concentrate on the match. But when there is a little time, you can go over there and talk to them. Um, I really think you just have to know the coach. Sure. Not know him personally, but you have to know his style. Yes, exactly. Um, and that takes prep and talking to him in pre-games. And, of course, when you're prepping for a match, you talk to them a couple of days before it starts. You, you can kind of get that sense from them. And, and always ask them. I mean, the worst thing someone can tell you is no. Um, so she did that during Major League Soccer and in if we're all um, there in 2019, then that's something that I'll definitely be doing again. That's very cool. Um, yeah, obviously, we wish you the best of luck in that endeavor. Um, so just kind of wrapping things up here, we have a couple of last few questions here for you, um, just to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Um, so what is your favorite sports moment ever? Oh, goodness. Um, I think I have a couple, and one will be fan and one will be working. Okay. Well, um, but my fan so. moment will de- definitely be um, I was at the Kansas City Bengals game in 2003, and it was Marvin Lewis's first year, and they beat the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs team. They were nine and zero. Peter Work took one back. Peter Work, right? Yeah, Peter Work. I'm actually setting up an interview with him as we speak. Awesome. Um, And Peter Work had two great returns and really just changed the game to help the Bengals win. So um, that was a really cool fan moment. The atmosphere was awesome. And for working moment, I would have to go back to the Open Cup last year. Um, A lot of people would say the Chicago Fire and then just even facing New York in the semis. I'll have to go to beating Columbus Crew. The first Major League Soccer win was really unreal and so cool. Um, I'll always remember that moment. And just that rivalry for Columbus and Cincinnati was the start of something really special for last year. So getting to work, that was really cool. That was the game when I realized I was starting to become a soccer fan. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah a lot of people jumping on and i'm totally fine with that i think it's awesome i tell people all the time um please go if you've never gone and, and then just tell me how your experience was because Absolutely. they always go back 
and I, and I love that. Absolutely. So our last question that we have for you, um, what's your end game? What are your goals? Where do you want to be? You know, I, I tell people this all the time, and it, and it might sound, again, cliche or cheesy, but, like, I'm, I'm enjoying it right now. I'm definitely enjoying this ride. Um, it's always kind of been something that, like I said, I feel like you, you get that pressure of, like, well, how do I get there? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then you just settle down. And, and Sam Ponder, I think she had said it once, and she's like, look, everybody has their own story and their own road. Nobody has the same one. You can give advice, but nobody's going to take that same route. And she's like, and you need to stop rushing to get to the top because one day you're going to rush and get there and you're going to be like, where's everyone at? Like, I- I'm pretty lonely up here. Like, this <laughs> isn't, I-, I rushed my way, I rushed my way to make this happen and-, and you didn't get to enjoy the ride. So I honestly can say that I'm really happy where where life is right now. Um, but personally and professionally, I always want to get better. And I'm always going to be my biggest critic. I'm always going to be harder on myself um, because I just want to be the best and do the best that I can. So I'm having a good time now. I can say that for sure. Good, good. Well, we don't want to take any more of your night. I know you're watching the match. Is it still 2 nothing? I am. I think it's 3-1. <laughs> it's 3-2, it's but, but oh, they're still two. leading. So. All right, good. Well, uh, we thank you so, so very much for your, your time tonight. And, uh, you know, we hope we can have you on again sometime in the near future, especially as a uh, – uh, FCC comes to a close this, uh, at the end of this season and Bengals season starts back up. Um, but no, thank you again so, so much. No problem. I'll join you guys anytime.